Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We got the show's namesake, Mr. BJ Shea. And it is good to be with you all. Aww. And running the boards is Joey Dees. It's great to have you. Yeah. <laughs> On today's show, well, it's going to be an interview that I'm going to try my darndest not to gush. <laughs> But it's not going to work. No, we've got the legendary Richard Garfield with us. Oh, man, there will be a a Chris Farley moment, I'm sure. I'm going to try not to do it, but yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see how that works out. Talking about his new game with Ken Jennings, Half-Truth, the party game that makes you feel smarter when you're done playing it. And of course... I like that. Right? And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have all our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search for us. <laughs> uh, just search for BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes. Don't find us. Yes. And you know what? I am not going to waste any time. We need to get right into this because we've got Mr. Richard Garfield on the phone. Richard, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, man. Like, seriously, you are out of game designers on the Mount Rushmore for me because I've spent over 20 years of my entire life playing Magic the Gathering. And when I first saw that you made this game on Kickstarter, and we are talking about Half-Truth, you you made it with a person who is also another personal uh, 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 hero of mine in Ken Jennings. I had to back it. I backed it. I'm glad this is going out to everybody. How are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to be gushing at this point in time. So, uh, so while you're gushing, <laughs> uh, Richard, and there's a lot to talk to you about, but of course, uh, let's talk about Half Truth because, like you said, the latest game you've done with Ken Jennings. For the, <laughs> what are you telling people Half Truth is about? Well, uh, Half Truth is um, it's my uh, attempt to make a, a trivia game, which is uh, makes people feel smart. So uh, uh, a lot of people walk away from uh, trivia games uh, feeling kind of dumb, and uh, and they tend in the uh, in the past when I played them, they've tended to favor people who know just immense amounts of stuff you don't care to know uh, a, a little too much. You're a hundred percent right, Richard. You really are. When I I, I can't stand trivia games because there's always that one friend of mine. It's like. Great, you know all these things. I don't, and any skill that I may have in gaming comes doesn't come into play at all because I don't remember these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, uh, um, I, that's the way I saw trivia back uh, in about I don't know two thousand or two thousand ten or something. And uh, and then I read Ken's book on uh, Brainiac, and he just uh, swept me away with his uh, uh, love of trivia. And uh, I completely, I, I realized that I had uh, completely misjudged, uh, misjudged it. And uh, he, he uh, let me see that uh, a good trivia question is not one where you know it or you don't, which is not very interesting to me, 
but uh, where there's intuition and uh, sort of uh, and guesswork and uh, deduction and um, maybe even some metagaming. Um, so so the, the questions sort of become little games into themselves. And I think that might be one of the things that people don't even realize about something with Jeopardy, which obviously Ken Jennings was, uh, well, he's the greatest of all time at, uh, is that a lot of the times when you look at the questions, uh, you can uh, sometimes deduce what it is based on what the question is or what uh, a normal or a typical answer would be on that. And it seems to be that you guys have really taken that to heart with Half Truth. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, uh, that that's exactly right. Uh, uh, when in in reading his book, he he sort of explained that, and then I was able to uh, piece together my experience with trivia and realize that uh, even though there were a bunch of do I remember what year this happened or whatever, uh, that the ones I really enjoyed were ones where uh, I couldn't quite put my finger on the answer, and there were clues, and I was able to uh, piece it together. Um, or at least after I heard the answer, I said, oh, I should have been able to figure that out. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, and then the other thing uh, which uh, his book uh, um, really got me inspired about was that uh, uh, trivia isn't about uh, the person who knows the most, but uh, a chance for everybody to share off all the strange knowledge that they have, because everybody has unique knowledge and that also resonated with me because I remember, for instance, playing games with my uh, grandmother, a geography game, and uh, and uh, there were I don't know eight, ten people there, and uh, and she was not the best player, uh, but every once in a while she'd have an answer that nobody else had, and so there was sort of this little little victories there, which were a, a lot of fun, and uh, and uh, so I wanted to make a, a game where people had more of a chance to show those off. And I and I love that we're talking to Richard Garfield, and the new game is Half Truth, and you can you I mean you you find this you're going to love this. It's it, it already it already funded on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. It is available wherever you can get games, major retailers. Of course, go to your FLGS and find it out. Uh, also, uh, you can go to uh, Studio71Games.com. I love the selling phrase, which is Half Truth is a game that anyone. And everyone can play, regardless of skill level, and players are usually surprised how well they do. We're all smarter than we think. That had me because it's like I love the opportunity to have a shot to win a game, even if I'm not the smartest guy at the table. And every once in a while, me knowing something like your grandmother actually is going to give me the edge at the table, and you have done that with Half Truth. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, uh, been a lot of fun to work on, and in fact, we we I had that uh, proven to me at least in some way when I first got uh, Ken involved in this project. Uh, I had him over and showed him the game um, because at, at the time the the game design was made uh, uh, after he came on, he was uh, became sort of head of the question generation, but. Uh, we played what we had and he won the first game and uh, the second game he did not win. And uh, he wow. was clearly the best trivia person at the table. Uh, the others were no slouches, but, uh, but uh, um, they are kind of happy to have beaten Ken. And, uh, and he, he was, uh, he was uh, um, inspired by that. Also, he thought that was, uh, that was terrific because uh, uh, it really did work. He ha he was the favorite. He, Somebody who knows trivia and is good at it will definitely be favored, but it's not as favored as in most trivia games.
there have been a couple of times where I've been able to face off uh, against him in movie trivia because we've both done uh, the podcast with Doug Benson, Doug Loves Movies. And whenever he goes up there, it's just like you know for sure you're not going to be able to combat his wealth of knowledge. The fact that he he knew so many Kurt Russell movies that I didn't even know existed and just the fact that with a game like this you can have that chance uh, uh, is really, really, really nice. <laughs> and, and the secret sauce for this game is what I love is that, yeah, you'll have somebody like that who, all right, that's your trivia master. Everybody's got that one in the group. If you go to trivia nights, you know you got that one person in your group. That's like, all right, they're the trivia king, trivia queen. I love where this game has got a betting aspect where basically you've got three, six possible answers to every trivia question, 500 trivia questions in the game. So you'll have plenty of time to play this replayability is great. Three of the answers are going to be right. Three of the answers are going to be wrong. And you bet on how many of these answers you can get right. And I think that's where a social aspect for a guy like me who loves social games like social deduction games or any negotiation games, I can look at a Ken Jennings and go, you may be the smartest guy in the room, but I'm going to tell you this right now. I am going to win because you are going to have to bet better than me, and I will bet like a fiend. (laughs) I can use that to get in somebody's head in this game, which is what I love. Uh, Yeah, the the betting aspect really does uh, uh, resonate with uh, game players uh, because it is a the game. The game is very simple. It is all about the trivia, but it's got this small framework of pressing your luck uh, on the uh, on the betting, and the betting is uh, it's not the reward structure which people would first think, which is to say, if you get one answer right, you usually get most of the value out of the question. Getting a second or third gives the, gives you the small bonus usually, and uh, but you're risking everything. And uh, that's exactly how the game becomes stacked against somebody who uh, knows who, who's, who's a, a trivia master because uh, there any any if there's any uncertainty in their bets, they're really not getting that much over the person who just can only get one question or uh, even makes a lucky guess. And another thing I love about the game is the fact that as it goes across the three rounds, the the point values go up. So there is a catch-up mechanic in those sort of terms. And even if you don't know everything, if you know a couple of things each round, you'll still be scoring points. So you're never truly out of the game. You can't really math out how bad you are or if like at some point somebody's like, well, I'm done with this because there's no way that I can win. There's always still that little bit of chance there. Yeah. No, uh, there there is a lot of possibility for uh, come from behind in in, uh, in Half-Truth. And we are talking about Half-Truth, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't really talk <laughs> about just what a prolific career you've had. And Richard, honestly... You know, you've seen a, you see a lot of artists, a lot of great creators, a lot of people uh, who who make great movies, who make you know great paintings, great Broadway productions, and when they have their big hit, man, they try to somehow chase that if they can. And a lot of times, people just never find the magic that they originally find. If if I can actually use that play on words, <laughs> and you know, Richard, I mean, it is it is unbelievable how much success you've had post magic, including. You know, making another game that was is a card-based game that has you know multiple you know, multiple ways to do things, ways to break the rules, different factions, if you will, uh, like Magic had, but in a completely different way. 
it, it's amazing. And, and and I think about, you know, like, was there, is there ever been a time in your life where you go, man, I don't know if I can ever, you know, capture that lightning in a bottle again? Or is it something else that drives you where you go, I don't care. And if I don't care and it comes out cool, because what great success you've had after Magic. It's just been amazing. Oh, it's a, um, I'm definitely in the category of, uh, of, of I do what I love to do, and if it works out, that's great. But uh, when Magic became such a smash and unexpected success to me, um, I, I realized very early that it wasn't something that uh, I could bank on following up. Uh, people historically usually only have one of those in them. And, uh, and so, and so I've, I've been happy just exploring games in ways because games is such a, is such an amazing field. And it's, it feels like there's so much to explore and so much to experiment with. And, uh, so I just go where my muses take me. Well, and, and, and a lot of folks may or may not know uh, the other stuff that you've done. But again, Magic, of course, has an insane following that, uh, you know, Wizards of the Coast, that company has just, you know, done a great job in maintaining and it always brings in new people. And at the same time, I look at a game like King of Tokyo, which is one of my daughter's favorite games. And one of the first things we did when we had to be locked down in, in this isolation <laughs> is her and her boyfriend and I sat at the table and she goes, Dad, we're going to break out King of Tokyo, right? Which I love it because my son and I, magic was our thing. That was our bonding mechanism. And here's my daughter. Her favorite game is King of Tokyo. And I laugh and I go, they're both by Richard Garfield. And they both really are amazing games. And uh, yet King of Tokyo, of course, you know, it's got its own way and own way of being. And I smile thinking like it's sometimes smile and go, it's amazing. The same dude did both of those games because one is so lighthearted and fun and, you know, just zany craziness. And then the other one, of course, is just very serious. And, you know, you've got people on basically world poker level, you know, playing this this <laughs> other game. And it came out of the same guy. Uh, yeah, I, I've. Uh... I, I really, I mean, it's what takes me to a game like Half Truth is just, uh, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by games as a whole. Uh, and from the start, I've been uh, interested in anything from, you know, backgammon to, to football. Uh, it's a, it's a, a fascinating and exciting area. Do you have like phases where you're really into certain board games or do you always have a board game type or a card game type that you will always gravitate towards or does it kind of come and go? Uh, it, it changes. It changes a lot. I, I often I I have found over the years that I I come back to cards a lot uh, because uh, one of my favorite mechanics in games, I, I really like it when uh when one player knows something and the other player doesn't, um, mm. and that that's important to play. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that to me captures something which is, uh, uh, uh really essentially, uh, social and human in these games where, where you're playing these, where you're motivated to play in a particular way to keep the information, you know, hidden, um, but you also want to take advantage of it. And the other person's trying to suss out what's going on. So cards is wonderful for that. Uh, it's, uh, and, uh, and so I come back to cards a lot, but, um, but uh, I bounce all over the place. Richard, I don't know if this is an old wives' tale, but I'm, I'm actually exposing my son, who, again, he grew up playing Magic. He didn't even know how to read, and we took him to his first pre-release, and he would just look at the cards, memorize them, and that's how he'd play. And so it's it's a beloved game for him. And I said, well, 
you know what, we're on lockdown. We've got to play a game that I heard inspired uh, Richard Garfield, one of his favorite games. And I don't know if that if it's true or not, but I got you. So are you as big of a Cosmic Encounter fan as the, as the lore says? Uh, because I'm about to have him play that this weekend. Uh, yeah. No, uh, Cosmic Encounter was a big inspiration to me. Uh, um, I've drawn off of uh, lots of games. I try to play uh, uh, very broadly, but uh, um, Cosmic Encounter really hit a chord with me. I loved this concept uh, that uh, every player had a way to break the rules. And uh, and the first time I played Cosmic, um, I wasn't particularly impressed. It was a, an okay game. But the second game was completely different. And the third game was completely different again. And that's when I began to wake up to this idea that, uh, that there was something special going on here. And oh. Uh, oh, the yeah. reason that's the root of magic is, uh, is that, I, that uh, when I realized that, I thought it would be really cool if every card gave you this way to break rules and that you'd get sort of this uh, um, amazing meta structure. Uh, and, uh, and so that's the seeds of magic. And that's what Richard's talking about in Cosmic Encounter. There are th- there are th- you have an alien power, which is different and asymmetrical, and there have been so many expansions. There's hundreds of different alien powers you can get. Then you've got these artifact cards and flare cards. And, you know, for all you blue magic players, you can thank the flare cards for the insanity <laughs> that, <laughs> that blue can bring to a, a game of magic. And my son's going to see that, Richard. Those flare cards and those artifact cards, you're just like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to do anything in Cosmic Encounter that I want to do this turn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the flare cards are were really uh, very special. Uh, the, it was the first game I played where not only were the cards radi- the powers radically different with the flares, but uh, you didn't, as a rule, discard them after you played them. So they became part of this game landscape for a long time, um, which uh, uh, was was fun because uh, other games I'd played with cards, you just played them and they went away, and then you couldn't really take advantage of the fact that you knew that it was in their hand because now it was gone. But uh, uh, Cosmic changed that for me. And we're still talking about Half-Truth, which is going to be available May 6th at Studio71Games.com and all major retailers oh, as yeah. well. Uh, another thing also, I mean, just the right now we're in a very weird time. And a lot of people, their only ways of communication is via, like, uh, what we're doing here, like, over the phone lines or maybe, like, using Zoom or anything along those lines. And I think Half-Truth is amazing for this because you can set it up like a little mini game show. And as long as one person has the game, they can run everything. And you can play a game over video chat and still have a great time with this. So even if you are quarantined, you can still play this game and have a ton of fun with it. Now, I've watched some uh, videos of uh, people doing that. It's uh, uh, quite fun, yeah. Richard, so uh, I'm wondering, there's so many games out there, and again, I think a lot of us can thank you. I mean, I think think Kickstarter can also thank you because they've got plenty of my money for all these great creative people having an outlet to take their vision and make it happen. I mean, we all thank the the, the relationship you have with Wizards of the Coast because they helped that dream come true, and now many people can do it if they don't have a, a Wizards of the Coast that they can go to. And I'm wondering, with all the amazing games out there, is there something that 
catches your eye where you go, you know what, this is a pretty cool mechanic or this is a pretty cool game because uh, you, you're still in it. You're, I mean, especially I'm thinking of Keyforge, which was a tremendous mm-hmm. turn on a game that you knew very well when you think about it. And that, of course, is that, 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 that card game where everyone has their own deck and they bring it to the table. Is there anything out there that you're like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm into. This is, this is really clever. Oh, there's there's lots of stuff. I uh, um, I'm constantly trying to keep up with the deluge of new games. Yes, very many good ones. Uh, but uh, and and many of them I I take inspiration from. Uh, and uh, uh, in in the last uh, few years, of uh, Hanabi is certainly yes. one of them. Uh, um, the uh, co- cooperative games are uh, can be a lot of fun, but uh, but uh, I I really think Kanabi brought something very special to the table uh, with the hidden information yeah. um, that uh, that players can't communicate directly to one another. Um, that is clever. Then, uh, it keeps a, yeah, it, so, it keeps so, a big mouth like me in real trouble. To be honest <laughs> with you, it's it's it's, it's a challenge. <laughs> no, I I, I really uh, 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 love that game, but uh, uh, there are many others though. Uh, uh, the whole deck building uh, genre has been interesting to follow, and uh, um, uh, code names as uh, yep. uh, as one of the. Uh, first big gamer party games uh, uh, is uh, uh, terrific. Uh, yeah, I, it's hard to name any because then you feel like you ought to you know, just keep on naming. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's so many games out there that are uh, uh, absorbing. Well, I mean, even in the same uh, lines of half-truth, like you're talking about good party games, another great party game was one you designed was The Great Dalmudi, and it's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite aspects of it is just, like, imposing the rule that the Dalmudi, like, I mean, he's lord of the realm at this point in time, so you have to do what he says, which can get kind of iffy when you get down to some of your friends and they, you realize suddenly that you now have to, you know, go fetch a, a drink for them or you have to go do certain things. <laughs> but it doesn't last that long either because suddenly the Dalmudi can become a peasant and, well, as the tides turn, so do the uh, direction on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, um, can can be very, uh, make for a very interesting evening. <laughs> yeah, another uh, um, party game that I did was uh, Hive Mind. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen that one, but uh, it was before, in fact, that I'd read this uh, book by Ken Brainiac, uh, and it was an anti-trivia game. Uh, ah. uh, everybody, uh, and and uh, sort of it was because I didn't really think much of trivia at the time, I, I, and uh, Ken turned me around. But uh, but it, it's, uh, it's one where everybody answers questions, and it's not the correct answers that matter, it's whoever's answered with the majority. Oh, so, um, you know that. It's... So, for instance, uh, what's the longest river in the world? Well, the uh, correct answer, uh, by most reckonings, is the Nile. But in uh, in hive mind, the correct answer is very often the Amazon because that's what most people go for. Oh, oh isn't that funny? Because I, you know, and and I think of the game <laughs> Just One, where they use 
a, a similar mechanic, whereas if you all answer the correct and if you all answer the same answer, those answers don't get to be shown to the person that you're trying to get to have, you know, guess the word that you want them to guess. So I do love that yeah, everybody just gets one is terrific. Yeah, everybody gets a lot of inspiration from uh, you know really everybody else, and I it's you know it's 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 great when somebody I I mean I I I would imagine you'd find it a little complimentary if somebody really turns around and puts out a good game that you go oh I see what you did with something I did that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm uh, very much about the uh, um, commons in uh, game design. Uh, I think it's uh, partially my my history, my roots in academics. Uh, I feel like in mathematics, uh, everybody worked together and uh, shared theorems and I would use one theorem to make something new and, uh, and, uh, was, and it was uh, uh, just part of the game that people used your stuff and that was a great payoff. So yeah, it's, it's uh, wonderful when uh, you see that sort of crossbreeding. Well, Richard, I do this every time I talk to anybody who's a game maker, game designer, and uh, it's just because I'm selfish. I'm a <laughs> huge fan of uh, Space 4X games, and so, uh, you know what? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it does. <laughs> if somebody told me Richard Garfield was making a 4X game, and if you've already made one and I don't know about it, then shame on me, but if you ever do make one, uh, you know what? I don't care. I'll buy it. <laughs> I don't care if it's a box that just says 4X on it, and all you got in the box is just 4Xs, and that's it. You just have these giant X's in different colors. I'll buy it uh, because I'm such a fan of, of that genre of, of game. And uh, that's one that I don't think that you've done, or at least I'm not aware of it. And I'm like, well, look, I mean, I'd probably not a whole lot of money in it or a whole lot of claim. I don't know, but it doesn't mean I can't ask selfishly. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll think about that. Uh, um, I, I, I do love 4X games. Um, um, I usually design for what I'm interested in at, interested in at the time. And yeah. so I don't usually have uh, the time to play a 4X game these days, uh, which would uh, deter me. But, uh, but you know, with this lockdown, uh, I've got a lot more time. So <laughs> that maybe, maybe that's something I could pursue. <laughs> and really, nobody should have the time to play the 4X games, especially as long as I play them. So, yeah, you're, you're probably having a better life not playing as long as I do. But, yeah, it's uh, and, and listen, you are making great games for everybody. So, yeah, you do, you do what you got to do, Richard, because there's no complaints here. <laughs> Thank you. Again, it is Half Truth, available May 6th at Studio71Games.com and all major retails. Richard, thank you so much for making all the games you have over the years, and thank you so much for spending a, a little bit of time with us. Oh, thank you. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I always love to talk about games, especially with people who love games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we do. We'll have to get back with you soon once you make that 4X game. <laughs> Okay. I'll take a, I'll take two X. I'll take a half an X at this point. <laughs> take care, Richard. Uh, that may be what I have in me, so uh, <laughs> that might be what I have to settle for. Oh, have a great day, Richard. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Oh man. That yeah, was you did amazing. it. You did it. You I said know. you wouldn't do it. You did it. I know. I did it right away. Had to save you. I thought, oh, if I don't break in here, <laughs> he's just going to really just alter. He. This is going to be bad. <sighs> hey, Richard. It's good to, it's nice to meet you. I remember that time that, that, that you made magic. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you really think that the power line would be the power line? Or did you think the mocks would be so powerful? Because I can't. Oh, yeah, Richard. But through all of that, seriously, Half Truth is a really, really fun game. I'm glad I backed it. It's a really great party game. Check it out when it does come out on May 6th. Um, but now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Ooh, Vicky, what do you got for us? So, 
a comic nerd favorite, okay. Kevin Smith. Yeah! Has put out some awesome stuff, especially nerdy comics, everything. Uh, one of my favorite movies of his is Mallrats. Always going to be up oh, in my yeah. queue. Yeah. But some people wonder, how is it that he landed that sweet Stanley cameo in Mallrats? <laughs> oh, yeah. In the question about thing. Like, how can you approach Stanley with... Like, so So here's the deal. In this movie, we're going to ask about certain appendages on certain comic book heroes. Yep. yep. Well, it never, it never necessarily, it wasn't planned that it was going to be Stan Lee. Oh, so oh, wow. So apparently Kevin Smith was talking to Focus Features live stream uh, of Mallrats earlier, or last week, and uh, they asked, how did he got, get him on the film? So he says, we got Stan because our producer, Jim Jacks, would take him out to dinner once a month in the 90s. So when I wrote the scene, it didn't have Stan in it, just a comics guru type. Jim said, who's this guy supposed to be? And I said, like a Stan Lee. He said, oh, why don't you just write it for Stan? I said, I don't know him. Jim's like I do. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) How how, how awesome is that? And then I can't imagine that scene being any other way. No. (laughs) Just just like... If it was anybody else, even if it was a notable like writer or artist in the comic book world, it just wouldn't have that gravitas. Was that the first cameo for Stan in a movie? I can't remember. Oh, man. Uh, but Kevin continues to say he was adorable in everything you hope for. We had cue cards up for him because he was 74. Holy crap. He's always been old. Uh, <laughs> they told us, be careful with him. He's 74. He could go at any minute. And Stan lived at almost 96. And he was asked to include the PS with TS in which he reveals it was a fake story because he didn't want to hurt his wife's feelings. Aw. Well, and it wasn't his first cameo because a quick Google search found that the first one came from uh, the trial of uh, Hulk. Uh, the mm. trial of the Incredible Hulk in 1989. And it was a TV movie, and he was a jury member in David Banner's Imagined Trial. Oh, that's back with Bill Bixby. Yeah. So way back in the day, back in 1989. See, this is exactly what I want Hugh Jackman to do now that he's retired from Wolverine. I want him to do cameos in Deadpool. Just, just because as Hugh Jackman as or as Hugh different Jack- characters, no, as Hugh Jackman, and like Deadpool will be like, wait, weren't you in some movies or something like that? And he'll be like. What do you mean? I'm just Hugh Jackman. <laughs> He'll be like, like, Come on, know. fight me, Wolverine. He's like, you know that's not real. You will fight me. Then they can make a big it. joke about him being a huge yak man instead. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Well, really? God, yes. It writes that itself. Was, that was a long way to get there, Joe. Sure yes, was. it was. I dug it. <laughs> uh, but I'm, this is awesome. I kind of want to see what happens with the, the Marvel Universe now that we do not have Stan Lee. I, yeah. I do believe Hugh Jackman would be a good one. Do you think they're still going to do cameos? Have we talked about that? Do you I'm think they're sure. going to, or do you think that they should just like retire them at this point? And I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, they were really it was Stan. You know, it was no yeah. reason to have cameos except for Stan. Uh, except of course when Sam Raimi would have Bruce Campbell as cameos. Yeah, in see, the that's acceptable. That, that was, but that was a whole Sam and Bruce thing for us Evil Dead fans. And I think, I mean, even with like Deadpool two, uh, it was just like a billboard. For yeah. uh, Stan Lee. Yeah. So I think stuff like that would still be pretty cool. Just like an Easter egg at that point, less than cameo. Yeah. Mm. I'm totally down with that. Yeah. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where? Two. 
go. Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.